Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Super Bowl Sunday rapidly approaching. Happy to welcome in host and producer of 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, Evan Giddings to WWL. Thank you for the time, my man. I'm sure it has been very busy getting ready for the big one in Las Vegas. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm actually going to be heading out to, to Las Vegas tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the festivities. It'll be my first time on Radio Row, and I just I really can't wait to see this game because a lot of people are kind of pegging both sides as you know potential favorite. Is it a coin flip? We got two uh, monster head coaches, an up and coming quarterback, an obvious for surefire Hall of Famer. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Now, Evan, uh, I would think that the 49er fan base uh, would be a little disappointed what they've done defensively. And what I mean by that, I'm looking at the defensive line, um, and you look at times when they were dominant, but not so much against the Packers and the Lions, especially that first half where they were getting gashed. Uh, I mean, so uh, that's something. Uh, have you all addressed that? Uh, that we're, look, uh, we got to win up front. Uh, look, uh, I am a big fan. I look at their linebacking core, and I look at Fred Werner. I look at uh, Dre Greenlaw and all Greenlaw. I mean, th- 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 those cats can play, but you, you still got to win up front. And uh, to me, at times, I'm looking at the Packers and the Lions game. They were getting gashed. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And really, outside the numbers is where they got hurt, and really where they've been hurt all throughout the season. I think they're a bottom 10 run defense outside the tackles, giving up nearly five and a half yards per carry. And that's something that's been constant even before they went out and traded for Chase Young. So in my opinion, even though a lot of people have been pointing fingers at someone like Steve Wilkes, uh, who I think has been really quite an impressive in his first season defensive coordinator, I I think it's on the personnel. I mean, you spent big money in the offseason. Obviously, you extended Nick Bosa, largest non-quarterback contract. You gave $84 million to Javon Hargrave. I'm sorry. I I need those guys to play better. I need Eric Armstead, who makes a lot of money to step up. I mean, need need Chase Young, who was a trade acquisition, to not be lackadaisical at times. I, I need to see more effort from that defensive line, and that's, I think, probably the biggest question for me, in addition to the other side of the trenches on the offensive line. How do they stop a pass rush that is particularly good for Kansas City? They also struggle in the run, so I think this honestly might come down to a situation where which team is more effective on the ground even though everyone's going to be looking at, okay, these signal callers are the ones that can dial up the deep ball when they need to. Now, uh, Evan, along those lines, uh, like, have you heard, like, uh, I don't know, from Boza and all the team leaders, uh, like, uh, Fred, did they put it upon themselves that they're trying to pack, pass the buck? I'm looking at, well, look at Boza, uh, defensive player of the year in 2022, 
uh, what had a, a franchise record, 10 sacks in the postseason. Uh, mm. So h- how do they recognize? Do they look in the mirror and say, uh, no, uh, everybody wants to talk about like uh, Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. How about we do our damn job? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm certainly hoping that that's the case because they got a lot of game-changing players on defense. You mentioned Bosa. You talked about the linebackers, Fred Warner being a first-team All-Pro yet again, Charvarius Ward a second-team All-Pro on the outside of cornerback. They got playmakers. It's just about those guys making plays. And I feel like sometimes there isn't as much buy-in on the defensive side because there's so much talent those guys try to individually wreck individual plays, and sometimes you can get hurt when you're not playing collectively as a unit. So this is a defense. And, look, Bosa got two sacks against Detroit, though he had a four-game streak not getting a sack previous to that in the postseason. Um, you know, I think this is a defense that you're wondering, okay, which Jekyll or Hyde is going to show up in this game? I expect to see the best effort, but I'm not sure how it's going to play out because Mahomes is particularly good at getting the ball out quickly. They're also a much improved running game. So I think it's going to be playing a little bit of chess and see how Steve Wilkes, is he someone that's not afraid to dial up the blitz? Because throughout his past, he's liked to get aggressive as a D.C. This is a Niners defense throughout the season, I think, has been bottom five in terms of blitz rate. So how do you kind of mix and match and change the picture for Mahomes when he might know what you're expecting? Now, uh, Evan, how does the 49ers fan base, now I'm going back to late 80s, early 90s and all that, um, that when I played, it's like I played, uh, for instance, uh, I played Joe Montana 11 times yeah. on one, two. Mm. I have a winning record against Hall of Famer Steve Young, though. This is counting USFL, uh, Michigan <laughs> Panthers, Oakland Invaders, and LA Express, but uh, five and three against Steve Young. But when I look at the Bay Area, and I played in Oakland, so I, I appreciate my time there, even though it was only one year in 1985. But how do they view... To me, Brock Purdy. I think it's like a poor man, Drew Brees, whatever. Now, it's basically one season, a little bit more, and I don't know what's going to happen. But when they say, like, and I've said this before, when you talk about Evan, how can you be a game manager in this day and age, how the rules are structured, that here's an NFL passer, he has the number one passer rating in the whole National Football League, but this is the thing that caught my attention. How can you be a game manager and lead the NFL in yards uh, per attempt <laughs> passing? Mm. Uh, that's not a game manager stat right there. Come on. No, you're right. And he has made game-changing plays throughout this offseason as well. You know, whether you want to label him a game manager or not is completely up to you. But I personally would lean towards someone that can operate both in and outside of the system. And that, to me, is the biggest difference for Brock Purdy to his predecessors in in San Francisco. Now, Kyle Shanahan has not had someone that I think he can rely on to, you know, whether it's kind of improvise or, or, you know, operate outside of the script. There hasn't been anyone with Kyle Shanahan that has been able to do that. So I'm 100% with you. And I think the rest of the San Francisco 49ers fan base is also there. I would say that the majority of people haven't put him in the Montana or the Young category because that's unfair. Right. But if he wins this Super Bowl, you start to look ahead and say, what is this guy going to be able to do because he's still on a rookie contract and the team's still going to be good around him? I think that's another reason why there's so much pressure behind this game for Purdy. It's, well, if he gets it done now, what else can he accomplish in his young career? 
Now, uh, Evan, I, I want uh, because you know you look at the quarterback position, whether it's Pat Mahomes or whether it be like Lamar Jackson or even uh, uh, Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Our coaches, our offensive coordinators, are they patient enough that uh, you always want the big play or the splash play? But are you willing to run the football what it might take? I mean, I thought it was terrible, uh, Ravens game plan. Uh, they were number one oh, rushing yeah. the football, and the running backs only get six rushing attempts. I would think with the Packers and the Lions did with Isaiah Pacheco, uh, that uh, look, look how hard he beast mode the way he runs. I'd be shocked if you don't have 15 to 20 attempts. Now, that's less of Pat Mahomes, but along those lines, uh, with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we remember Christian McCaffrey with the Carolina Panthers in the NFC South. Now, look, uh, they had to trade, what, the second pick, third, fourth, and fifth to get Christian McCaffrey before uh, last season's trade deadline. He might end up being the MVP. I don't know. Uh, But to me, a quarterback's best friend is always giving a talented running back like a McCaffrey or Pacheco, give them attempts and touches. And it could also be like a simple pass where you're counting on the yards after the catch, which is like a long handoff. So a lot of times everybody wants to see the big play, the big play. All of a sudden, are you productive? So I'd be shocked uh, looking at both offenses if Pacheco's not more involved than obviously also Christian McCaffrey. I think you're spot on there. And I think that Shanahan is not someone – unlike Baltimore, that is going to stray away from the run if it's working. Now, I know that the biggest, I guess, questions surrounding Kyle Shanahan in these types of games is, well, in-game play calling. You know, in, in Atlanta, they said, right. you know, he, he went away from the pass and ran it. Um, in Super Bowl 47, or pardon me, in 44 against the Chiefs the last time they met, well, he didn't run the ball enough down the stretch. He tried to do too much. So how is he going to sort of balance the offensive weapons that he has, I'm with you. I think that Christian McCaffrey is a guy that needs to tote the rock. I mean, maybe not John Riggins-type numbers here, uh, but but right. someone that demands the ball and the amount of touches that he's going to get can determine how far the Niners can push this Chiefs run defense. That has been a little bit leaky. I know that the pass defense has been fantastic, and overall they're number two. But I think Kyle Shanahan's looking at that Buffalo film and seeing, hey, this is a team that whether it's with the quarterback or James Cook or other, they put up 185 yards on the ground against this Chiefs team and push Patrick Mahomes to the limit. I think that's a game plan that has to be enforced early on, and this is how I balance it. I look at Christian McCaffrey in this offense as the kindling. He's the guy who starts the fire. And then Brock Purdy's the one that pours gasoline all over it and the flame ensues. This is an offense that, when properly balanced and starts with McCaffrey, I think, is one that can take down the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Talking to Evan Giddings from 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. And obviously, our audience here, the Houdat Nation, very curious to learn more about Clint Kubiak going to be coming the offensive coordinator of the Saints after the Super Bowl. Uh, what can you say about the Niners passing game coordinator, what he's done one year there in San Fran? Well, obviously, his his impact has been felt in any quarterback that you're attached to, whether it's the quarterback's coach, the OC, the passing game coordinator like Kubiak is. um, He's going to get a lot of credit for what Brock Purdy's been doing. And I think that it's a smart hire because right now, any association with Kyle Shanahan is typically a good one, especially in the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you look at the head coaching hires, but also the coordinators that have flown under the radar 
And that's a room that on the offensive side of the football has got a lot of collective knowledge. Now, Clint, obviously, with his father being who he is, has you know that understanding of the game and professionalism. He's been around the block as well, Minnesota. He's worked under North Turner. He's worked with Kevin O'Connell. He's worked with some brilliant offensive minds. But you look at the head coaching experience in San Francisco along with the coordinators. You got Kyle Shanahan, who's been an OC. You got Anthony Lynn, who's also understood how you play off the pass with the run as being both the head coach and a run game coordinator back in Buffalo. So there's a lot of collective knowledge in that San Francisco room. And to me, just looking at kind of what the New Orleans Saints weren't able to do this year um, with their passing game, I think Kubiak's going to be able to help that, whether it's drive the ball down the field, whether it's also play off of the run with the pass. You know, I, I think this is someone that understands that, you know, yes, he's the passing game coordinator, but Kyle Shanahan's offense and really the Mike McDaniel, the Matt LaFleur, um, the Sean McVay's, Everything does start with the run, an area that the Saints, to my knowledge, were, were a little poor in this season. No, they season. were terrible. So, they, they, they were, yeah. so, you know, whatever, we, we gave up. you got to flip the script. We gave up four and a half yards a run, and we averaged 3.4. Yeah. got to do just, there you, go. you know, give up uh, 3.4 and average four and a half. Yeah, you're right on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think even though Kubiak does come from a passing kind of background, he understands the importance of establishing the run, and that'll take pressure off of his quarterback. We're talking about Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes. you got to take pressure off him with the run. So I think he's going to be able to enforce that as well. And uh, you know what uh, I like also, Evan? Uh, you know, you got all these young minds, whether they're 35, 36, or mid-30s, whatever, and you might say, oh, they're the quarterback coach or they're in charge of the pass game coordinator. You know what I wanted with the Saints, and this is why I was on board with this? And I think uh, most of the who that nation is because he's not a virgin. What are you talking about, not a virgin? No, he has called plays in an actual NFL game with uh, with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Yep. Uh, so that's what I look at. Okay, because uh, I can tell you this, uh, Pete Carmichael, uh, now uh, he's called plays before, but you if you counted upon the call plays, there's an art to that. Uh, you could set up... And, like, that's why Sean Payton brought Pete Carmichael to Denver because to help set up a game plan. Okay, what are we going to do in the red zone? You know, that little bird in your ear? Or whether, okay, what a third down? Give me some suggestions. But to actually call plays, that's a craft. There's an art. And I think Clint Kubiak, now he wishes maybe he has more experience, but he's done it before. And being around Shanahan and all, I think he understands how you set up one play or maybe looking into the future, four or five plays down the road, what you're trying to set up. Now, it's not 100% because we're all human, but that's what I like. Clint Kubiak has called plays before in the National Football League. That, that's one thing that I, I'm trying to tell the Saints fan base that I'm encouraged by. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you can't replicate repetitions and live in-game bullets. Those are things, and I'm sure you know that better than – than most. You, you, you can't simulate what a game is going to throw at you, especially if you're an offensive play caller. So the fact that he's got that under his belt, in addition to also understanding and seeing how Shanahan approaches that in-game and being a big yes. part of it as well, um, that is huge. And, and so I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with the Saints offense that, you know, from a passing perspective, has a lot of weapons. I think that the running back is, is still – um, a solid position, but how is he able to extract the best out of a unit that I think can absolutely help them challenge and should honestly challenge for that division? Now, Evan, I don't know if one, no one asked you this, but I was thinking about this. You know, everyone's intrigued with the Super Bowl or, uh, you know, uh, the most meaningful of games. 
Has there ever been a Super Bowl that maybe on this level has had a better, we always talk about duos, and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, Taylor Swift and Kelsey, (laughs) but a duo of tight ends. And when you look at Kittle, uh, when you look at Kittle and Kelsey, is there a better pair of tight ends in the Super Bowl considering how confident they are and how they can produce? I don't know. I I think this is the best Super Bowl when you look at Kittle, where he's at right now. I don't know. They have, what, some university, tight end university. I think they're best buds (laughs) and all that. But when I look at Kittle and Kelsey, I don't think it gets any better than that right now. I, I think that's a really great point. And, you know, it, just off the top of my head, I don't know if we've seen a type of matchup where there's been this, this level of, of cachet at the tight end position. You know, because I, right. I, I don't think that – I'm not sure Tony Gonzalez was on that Falcons team when they played Rob Gronkowski, so I'm not sure if there's been oh, a – Oh, that, that's a good fame. point. That, that, might be, yeah. that, might be, that might be true. Yep. Yeah, so I, I think that that's really the only one that I can kind of remember. But you're right. I mean, first-team All-Pros in the same season. Um, obviously, one's headed to the Hall of Fame and just passed up another San Francisco 49er great Jerry Rice for most receptions all-time in the postseason. Um, Kelsey and Mahomes have been absolutely unstoppable, and Kittle has been, even though sometimes he doesn't get at the ball as much, uh, he is so active and he's so paramount of importance as to what the Niners want to do in both the run and the passing game. So just because you might not see him catch a ton of balls on Sunday doesn't mean that he's not working. This is a, a, a tight end, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to love this as a Smash Mouth football fan. George Kittle pancaked Aiden Hutchinson during that game. Oh, I saw that. That was awesome. Oh, it the, 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 no, it, it was like uh, I can guarantee when they get together at an uh, off-season barbecue <laughs> or golf tournament, it was I'll be like, bragging uh, about that. Uh, I, I guarantee he can't talk crap uh, to Kittle. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he remembers. Story, yeah. uh, let me tell you, uh, players don't rem- forget those kind of things that happen. So that Evan, was a no doubt. He got put in his neck. Evan, thank you so much for the time, my man, and enjoy your time when you head out to Las Vegas. I appreciate it anytime. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, Evan. That's Evan Giddings, host and producer of 95.7, the game in oh, San Francisco. Uh, I'm glad he brought up that hit. Did, did you, uh, Charlie, y'all, everybody saw that. Oh, yeah. He got gored. You know, it's like getting gored, uh, like, uh, like all of a sudden, eh, slam. <laughs> I mean, he got uh, put, put on his neck. That was and, like, uh, not along the same lines, but when McCaffrey stiff-armed uh, C.D. Deuce. Uh, yeah, but 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 it's like almost when you get your hands inside, and it's like you go, okay, who got the power and the will, and then all of a sudden Slam. you get put on your neck. <laughs> no, in other words, the first thing that hits the ground is the back of your shoulder pads and your neck area. No, that that's very humbling. Uh, that that's when I guarantee that never happened to him at University of Michigan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.